Welcome back to a quick timeout podcast. I'm your host, Coach Tony Miller. I want to welcome CBS Sports Kyle Boone to the show. Kyle, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, my pleasure, Tony. Glad to uh, glad to be here, man. Kyle's been busy here recently covering the NBA draft just this last week and uh, is gearing up for the college basketball summer recruiting, uh, but he's been kind enough to make some time for us. It's been a few days since the draft and, and things have kind of settled a little bit after a wild night this last week. As you evaluate things, is there a team or two that you look to see what they have coming back? You see what they have coming in now from the draft and you think on paper, there's some real potential for something good to happen here. Yeah, I, I think there's two teams and and uh, I could take this a, a couple of different ways probably, but I'm going to take it in, in a way that I feel like is just kind of exciting. I don't know. They're, they're not probably not going to be a playoff team next season and certainly not a contender. But two teams that immediately popped to my mind is, is Memphis. And Memphis got John Morant. And then they got one of my favorite players in Brandon Clark at number 21 and, and ended up trading up to get him. Um, you know, that, that young core that they have with John Morant, with, with Brandon Clark, uh, with Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm I'm pretty excited about what they have and uh I don't know if they're gonna be any good. In fact they might just be <laughs> downright bad next year, but uh I'm excited to watch them play. I think they're gonna be kind of a league pass darling uh next year and for years to come really. Um and then the second team is is obviously the Pelicans. I'm kind of picking on some low low hanging fruit here, but uh with Zion and and Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander Walker, three guys that I really liked in this draft class. Um, again, I don't I don't know how good they're going to be, just because they're so so young. The only uh, non freshman that they drafted, at least in the first round, is Nikhil Alexander Walker, and he's just a sophomore. So, uh, two teams that I'm really excited about, and uh, they added some of my favorite draft prospects. So, yeah, I may be a little bit biased, but I'm, I'm looking forward to watching them. I was actually just talking with uh, a friend today, talking about the Hawks and, you know, throw in the Hawks with those other two teams and maybe not some a team that is going to be great this next year. But with Collins and, of course, you know, Reddish and who all they drafted, Trey Young, the potential for in the coming years, those three teams to kind of be in a position where they have maybe some success. Yeah, I, I like the Hawks, too. They're they're probably number three on my, you know, my my favorites list, I guess, if you want to say. But mm-hmm. Trey Young, I'm obviously partial to because I'm an Oklahoman and he's an Oklahoman. He's from down the road in Norman. Um, and then, you know, obviously Kevin Herter was really good last season. Uh, John Collins is is obviously very good. Um, and then they got DeAndre Hunter, who, you know, I don't think was my favorite prospect in this draft class, but for what they have and and what they're bringing back, I feel like he's going to be just a perfect fit um, in Atlanta. And then Cam Reddish, a guy that I'm buying stock in. I think a lot of people are kind of so-so kind of on the fence about. I think a lot of people have labeled him maybe like a boomer bust guy, but yeah, I, th- I think he's going to be really good, man. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not seeing it right, but I think he's going to be a really productive player for a long time in the NBA. And uh, the situation that he had at Duke maybe wasn't uh, right for him to be a major producer, mm-hmm. but in Atlanta, you know, with, with Trey Young being that kind of primary ball handler, um, he's he won't have a lot of pressure like he did at Duke, and I think it's going to be a good fit for him. You bring up exactly what I want to talk about next, and I know this can change from year to year or on a team's position in the draft order, but on the whole, do you feel like teams this year drafted on best available or based on fit? kind of a little bit of both right and and actually if you want to use the example of just the top five it's it's kind of a little bit of both because at number four 
the Hawks drafting DeAndre Hunter was almost solely uh, a draft pick based on fit. And Hunter is a, is a perfect fit for what they need. He's a guy who can play uh, you know, multiple positions. He can defend multiple positions. He's a good three-point shooter, doesn't really need the ball. So he's, he's a perfect fit um, for what they had. And, and I think that you know, he could have potentially been available at number eight. Um, so I thought that you know they, they got their guy and thought that he'd be a good fit for what they have, and, and they went up and got him. And then uh, Darius Garland, mm-hmm. the guy who you know went number five to the Cavs, I didn't, I didn't think that was a good fit at all, to be honest. I, there was some people, I think, on draft night saying, well, Colin Sexton and, and uh, Darius Garland, the new uh, McCollum Lillard, which is just, you know, as you know, I, in my opinion, it's absolutely absurd. But mm-hmm. I don't think – I think it's just a weird fit on paper. But clearly Cleveland just thought, you know what, Garland is the best available prospect still on the board. We have no clue how it's going to work or if it'll work with Sexton, but we want to take the best prospect, and, and Garland was that best prospect. So it made sense. There was a little bit of both, but, um, yeah, I'm all for just – it depends on where you're at with your rebuild, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're the Cavs, I don't knock them. I think they, they took the best player, and they're still trying to accumulate assets. And if you're the Hawks, I think they actually did probably the right thing to get to get Hunter, who – you know, in my eyes, I think can be a really nice role player for them. So a little bit of both. I think it uh, really kind of came to fruition inside the top five, especially. So if you're looking outside the lottery, this could be late first round or, or even second round. Based off of that, a good fit. Is there a guy that you think could really blossom that maybe no pressure goes into a situation with a winning team or got drafted late? So he's playing with a chip on his shoulder that he could really kind of take steps forward and be somebody who we look back on and they're like, wow, that guy, they got to steal with that guy. Yeah, there's a bunch of those. Um, one that that just immediately pops in my head is Matisse Thibault, who um, <clears throat> got drafted number 20 by the Celtics, and uh, the 76ers just plucked him. Um, mm-hmm. There was a long um, history there where the 76ers were linked to Matisse, and he's, he's a really good defensive player. And um, the 76ers just decided, you know what, we're going to give up some more draft capital because we feel like Matisse is our guy. And I think he's going to be an immediate defensive stopper for Philly. And he's, he's got some experience at the college level. I think there's some questions about his shooting, but um, you know, I think in Philly, I think it's a perfect fit beside Ben Simmons and besides Joel Embiid, where he's going to be their lockdown perimeter defender um, potentially from day one. So I really like that guy. I think he's going to make an early impact in Philly. Are there any guys that maybe got signed that weren't drafted that you think maybe could either make the team or make an impact at some point? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lugans Dort is the one that comes to my mind. And I, I talked to some people that really had, almost everyone had him as a first-round prospect. Uh, not only did he fall out of the first round, but he did not get drafted at all. Um, I think ESPN's Jonathan Gavoni reported that he he could have probably been drafted like somewhere in that mid to late second round range, but his agent just said, you know what? We're going to take our chances. We're going to sign as, as an undrafted free agent. We're going to be able to uh, kind of pick our situation. And he found a good spot. I think he signed with the Oklahoma city thunder. The thunder needs some, some depth in their backcourt. And uh, I think he can prov- provide that for the thunder. You know, I think uh, Andre Roberson has, has been dealing with an injury off and on for, for over a year now. And, He's a guy who could be a good defender right away. And uh, so, yeah, I, li- I like that fit. I think Dort is uh, probably an easy pick here. 
we're going to get the opportunity to see a lot of these guys coming up here real soon with summer league games. Yeah. How much stock do you put in these summer league games? Um, <clears throat> whatever less than zero is. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I I think it, it it's good to kind of like get a get a first glance at some of these guys. Although I, you know, I, for most of these guys, I've seen them for a year in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's valuable. I think it's valuable experience. I think, um, you know, getting to see them when, and making sure that they don't look completely out of place is uh, is important. But, you know, when you get a, a guy who's drafted in the second round, who's putting up 40 points in a summer league game and everyone's like, mm-hmm. the steal of the draft, everyone's ready to <laughs> declare it. Uh, I, it just, it's, it's, um, right for overreaction season. So I don't, I try not to put too much stock into it. I, I do love watching the games though. Sure. I feel like, uh, in some situations it can sometimes be more of a bigger deal for the coaches who are getting a chance to kind of show what they can do than sometimes, yeah. especially here recently with, you know, like Becky Hammonds and some of the others than it is even for the players. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. That's a good observation. So you, you and I were talking before we got on here. You're already trying to get ready for next season. You college cover a lot of college basketball. Mm-hmm. Who are we supposed to be watching this next year? Okay, so I'm I've been going through this 2020 mock draft, this way too early mock draft, which is going to look you know just completely different in six months or maybe two months. I don't know, but <laughs> so this year there was a clear cut top three. Right there was mm-hmm. Zion, there was Jaw. And there's RJ. We actually call him by their first name now because we just know him so well. <laughs> um, next year's draft class, I think, could be more of the same. Cole Anthony, Anthony Edwards, and James Wiseman um, are the three names that everyone needs to know. Um, Wiseman is is going to Memphis um, and and has been built pretty much consensus as the number one player in this draft class. I'm not I'm not there yet. I think he's probably number three for me. Um, Anthony is, uh, is going to North Carolina and he's kind of a combo guard, probably going to play point guard and, uh, and be one of the best scorers in college basketball next season. And then Anthony Edwards is, uh, is going to Georgia. So those three guys in, in some order, I have them Cole Anthony, Anthony Edwards, and James Wiseman, um, I think are the three names that you should have on your radar. And, uh, I, I think in some order, they'll probably go one, two, three next year. Last one here. You want to kind of tell people where they can find you on social media or get all the info that you're putting out there on the web? Oh, sure. Yeah. It's, um, I'm on Twitter and sometimes I'm even on Instagram. It's, uh, Kyle double underscore Boone. Um, I got a squatter who's sitting on Kyle underscore Boone and then a squatter <laughs> on Kyle Boone. You know, they like haven't tweeted since 1848. <laughs> uh, still have my Twitter handle. So I'm not, I'm not sore about it, but yeah, I have the double <laughs> underscore. I, I wear it proudly. Really appreciate you taking the time for us. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Tony. Just really quickly, if you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other platforms so your show actually gets heard. You can even make money from your podcast no matter the size of your audience. It really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to never miss an episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.